0: this is section one forty seven of more newspaper articles by mark twain this librivox recording is in the public domain new york herald february eighteenth eighteen sixty eight read by john greenman washington gossip special correspondence of the herald unabated interest in the johnson grant quarrel who are the roaring lions admission of alabama the case of kate brown the gay season washington february fifteenth eighteen sixty eight the apparent subsidence of the johnson grant controversy is mainly attributable to the late renewed effort on the part of stevens and boutwell to revive the impeachment project and not to any abatement of interest in the matter of the party's contestant or of those who have identified themselves with it the sudden demise of the bantling in the hands of its nurses despite their augmented efforts to keep it alive leaves the president in a stronger position than he was before inasmuch as the whole ground of impeachment as stated in the report of the committee was based upon the correspondence and for whose participation in it the president is charged by thaddeus stevens as being guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors the subsidence of interest was therefore temporary and as general grant is identified with the effort to impeach not only by his testimony before the committee but by the asseverations of stevens since its failure who flatly avows that this result is in part attributable to him we may look for a continuance of the conflict without any abatement of acrimonious feeling nothing is more apparent at this point of observation than that the controversy has developed facts that will enter conspicuously into the coming contest there are many incidents connected with the difficulty that have been wisely kept out of the official correspondence and as they are to have an especial bearing upon the popular bias they will hereafter work out and command the attention of politicians no less than those which have preceded them if general sherman had been called to testify before the impeachment committee it may well be doubted whether he would have corroborated the testimony of general grant however this may be it is susceptible of proof that Grant and Sherman were in harmony in reference to the purpose of inducing Stanton to resign, that the latter sympathized with the President as to the injustice of forcing Stanton back into the cabinet, and in his purpose to avoid such a result, and that he wrote to the President, referring to such ulterior plans as were contemplated at the time by the President, Grant, and Sherman whatever may be inferred elsewhere nothing is more certain than that senators and representatives are divided in sentiment as to the availability of grant it is asserted positively through a radical medium upon radical authority that washburn is the author of the grant letters this is more or less credited among members and the effect is necessarily disparaging another phase of the case traceable to the same source is that the spasmodic effort to place grant in a conspicuous attitude at this time was essential to the double purpose of effecting a positive separation from the president and exerting a saving influence in new hampshire and connecticut should there be a failure in the last stated object the effect cannot be doubted it is obvious also to many as they confidentially affirm that notwithstanding the military fame and popularity of general grant the rank and file are sending up protestations against his course in reference to the stanton matter involving a question of his integrity which a soldier cannot tolerate in a chieftain with such men as butler and other officers who have grievances to redress this spirit of insubordination to whatever extent it may be prevalent among the masses is favored and encouraged the reports of congressional proceedings yesterday disclose a simultaneous roaring in the senate and house lobbies senator sumner and representative dawes each heard a lion in the lobby roar sumner's lion was senator-elect thomas of maryland who is as mild and gentlemanly as a lion could be expected to be when muzzled kept in suspense and obliged to read the daily speeches denouncing him for having supplied the means of sustenance to his son it would doubtless give him great pleasure to roar at his persecutors in a constitutional and legitimate way but the chances for his enjoyment of such a privilege are somewhat diminished mr dawes lion whose ancestral name is brown will be effectually disposed of by the admission of his contestant smith who received some twelve hundred tokens of the confidence of the enfranchised freedmen of kentucky against the thousands cast for brown our courageous statesmen are in no more danger of being devoured by lions than was their forerunner in the wild beast line but the world at large will notice a singular contrast in the interposing power of protection the admission of alabama by the passage of senator sherman's bill is apparently certain the petition presented by senator Doolittle from citizens of alabama praying for any amount of military rule in preference to the establishment of a negro government will have not the slightest weight in obviating this result if alabama is thus admitted by special enactment in contravention of all the reconstruction laws passed by congress during the past two years we can scarcely doubt that the radicals will resort to this summary method of placing all the ten southern states in a condition to be useful in carrying the presidential election it is a bold movement and one that would seem to require more deliberation than will be bestowed upon it the Democrats are quite complacent with the prospect, and seem to covet the advantage they anticipate it will give them in making up the record for the grand contest. The case of Mrs. Kate Brown, the lady of color who complains of having been rudely treated by the conductor of the Alexandria train on Sunday last, has monopolized a great deal of the time of the Senate this week. Mr. Sumner presented it for investigation on Monday. It came up again on Tuesday, and on Wednesday it was the subject of a protracted discussion. Mrs. Kate has charge of one of the retiring rooms of the Senate. Her duties are light and pleasant, and her pay ample. She is rather a stylish-looking female, dresses becomingly, and has so little African blood as scarcely to tinge her complexion. She is married, but not practically. Hers is the old story of incompatibility and separation by mutual consent. For the rude treatment she received, and the degradation of being placed in the car for colored people, she claims damages equivalent to her mental and physical suffering, and Mr. Sumner proposes to apply his all-healing balm of senatorial protection and redress. On Wednesday, the discussion took a wide range, and resulted in bringing Mr. Sumner to task for delay, as the chairman of the Committee on Foreign Affairs, in extending relief and protection to citizens of the United States under arrest and conviction in Great Britain. There were strong intimations that the chairman of the Committee and the Secretary of State were practicing circumlocution. The result determined nothing in favor of our suffering fellow-citizens abroad but the resolution of inquiry into the case of the senate's employee was adopted and the alexandria railway company will doubtless wisely proffer liberal damages by way of settlement rather than have their organization reconstructed to correspond with the loyal ideas of the majority of the senate thus madame brown's grievances will be promptly redressed while american citizens under arrest in england are menaced by death and the dungeon should they live to return to this free and happy land they will realize the advantages of belonging to that favored race of which the senate's employee is an attractive representative the gay season at washington is at flood-tide in addition to the numerous levies of the past week we have had the magnificent entertainment given by senator chandler in honor of his daughter's entree into society a large and attractive party given by secretary mcculloch and the commencement of the state dinners at the executive mansion the president's weekly levies are numerously attended by strangers and citizens but the proportion of congressmen and military officials is small the appearance of Chief Justice Chase on these occasions is quite regular, and is approvingly commented upon by the more liberal class of politicians. The Chief Justice and General Grant will stand upon ceremony, avoiding all interchange of social civilities. With the Lenten season all festivities will cease, and its near approach is the provocation for excessive enjoyment." End of New York Herald, February 18th, 1868, read by John Greenman.